Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. A story I read not long ago, and it really impacted me. There was a, 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 a Church of England part. This was a long time ago. It's a true story um, told by Smith Wigglesworth. Now, some of you who are as old as me will know who he is. You young ones probably have never heard of him. But have you, have you Mike? Yes. You're younger than me, but... <laughs> <laughs> You have, Rachel. Good on you. He was a wonderful, godly man. And the story he told was that there was a Church of England pastor and he was extraordinarily ill. He could not sit up in bed. He was just so sick and had been like it for some time. And he called for the elders of the church because he had read that if he called the elders, they would anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith over him. So he called the elders to come, and Smith Wigglesworth was one of them. And there were six men, and they came to the house, came into the bedroom, and saw him lying there. And he said to them, I feel like I've lost all hope but pray for me, anoint me. Well, the men said, okay. They anointed with him with oil and they prayed mightily for him, fully powerful and prayed and prayed. And they looked at the man. There he was, lying on the bed, as sick as when they'd started. And they looked at one another and the poor man, he burst into floods of tears. He had hoped and prayed and believed so much that he would be healed. Well, the man left pretty dejectedly, I would think. They had only gone a little way when one of the younger men said, I wish we'd tried this, something. I wish we'd tried. Will you go back with me to the house? And the men, I'm just imagining this part. You can imagine you've asked God for something, it's not happened, you're feeling down and out and what's wrong with me? Um, But they agreed, they went back to the house and this young man said to them, "Just, just spread out in the room like we were before but this time I want you to whisper the name Jesus. Just quietly to begin with, just whisper the name Jesus. And each man started to do this. They just were saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But as they said it, their spirits began to rise within them. They began to feel the presence and the power of Jesus. And they couldn't help themselves. They started to speak it louder. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they were so caught up in the moment that they didn't even look at the man in the bed. 
And then they felt the presence of God come upon them. The man got up, got dressed, and went downstairs with them. And Smith Wigglesworth finished this story saying, they took their eyes off the problem. They took their eyes off the man and looked at the one who could save. The name of Jesus, Jesus himself. And that's what I want to talk about today, the name of Jesus. Now I know many of you, probably all of you, have heard sermons on this before. But sometimes I think we need a little reminder. I, I did and I do. As I've noticed that quite often when I pray, we've got used to saying as an addendum, in the name of, we pray our prayer with lots of words and then we say, in the name of Jesus. But are we thinking of him when we say it? Is it just words or are we actually taking in all that he is? All, all that we sang in that song, Rach, about who he is. When we began to sing, when we sang Jesus, it was just so wonderful at that who he is and that's what I want to talk about today getting the name of Jesus from here to here into our hearts into our spirits remembering that when we speak about him or to him what this name signifies now I'm going to go off a little bit off the track here but it fits in if we wanted to be really important and have a great name for ourselves, be, you know, pretty good. There's three ways we can do it. The first way, you can inherit it. You can be um, like Prince Charles, inheriting from his mother, Queen Elizabeth. He's now King Charles. Prince William, quite possibly, will become King William. None of us are going to inherit it that way that I know of. Second way, a name can be conferred upon us. You might do something great for the people. This silly thing slips off me all the time because of my glasses. Well, I'm assuming it's because of my glasses. Anyway, it can be conferred upon you because you've done something mighty and wonderful. We could have Lord Sherman and Lady Elizabeth. <laughs> it's probably what they feel like today. <laughs> it, it's conferred, it's put upon you. And the third way is, of course, by our achievements when we work hard at something. You might be a great pianist, a great artist, scientist, Footballer, cricketer, all these names give us a claim. Some of the names give us power and authority when we gain this name. I'm sure if they were Lord and Lady, they'd be allowed into many places that they're not now. Don't know if they'd want to be, but, but I'm sure you understand what I mean. But one thing I found out was Jesus had his name, he inherited it, it was conferred upon him, and he achieved it. And that's what I've got. I'm afraid today you're going to have lots of Bible verses. But 
That's what we're having. And I've only, I haven't got my Bible, I've got paper because I blew it up so I could see it. The first verse I want to look at is Jesus' name was inherited and it's Hebrews chapter 1 verses 2 to 5. Okay, now mine's a little bit different, and yet it's the New Living Testament as I asked for. Well, that's interesting. We'll read this one. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son he created the universe. The sun radiates God's glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honour at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the sun is far greater than the angels just as the name God gave him is greater than their name. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son today. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. Just as I read those verses, it was just after it said that he had promised everything to the son as an inheritance, looking at it, it then said, through the son, through Jesus, he created the universe. This is our Jesus. That he radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen God. Just as Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And by the power of his command, he sustains everything. We can't hold the stars up. We can't make it rain. I wish it could. <laughs> or dry up. Then the next one I want to look at, Jesus' name was conferred. To be conferred means the name is given to you, conferred upon you. So that's Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue, every... Well, I'm used to losing this thing again. Every knee should bow. Now, we know on earth 
every knee does not bow to Jesus as yet. In fact, it's getting less and less and less. Churches are getting smaller. Christians are becoming less. But one day, one day it's going to happen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's a done deal. Doesn't matter what's happening in the meantime, what terrible things we're seeing, it's a done deal. Jesus has won the victory. And that's part of his achievement. I was thinking yesterday, what's the greatest achievement of Jesus? Is it the miracles? Is it the other things? And I thought, no, it's his victory over sin and death. It's his victory in saving us for himself that we're no longer counted as sinners, but as righteous and holy and as Kerry said earlier to me, loved. We are the people of God and he has done this. He has won the victory over all things. Let's look at Colossians 2, 13 to 15. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I love that sentence. He shamed them publicly. Much as Satan roars and we feel the effects and all of that, he is defeated. He won the victory. And this makes all the difference to our lives. Jesus has won the victory for us. In that name of Jesus is everything we ever need. You just think for yourself for a minute. What's the name that Jesus is called by? We call him King of Kings. We call him Lord of Lords. We call him God of Gods. We call him our Shepherd. Come on, Salt of the... Um, no, um, Emmanuel. Give me a few. And you have to do it loud enough so I can hear. The way, the truth and the life. The way, the truth and the life. Thanks, Edna. Prince of Peace. Thank you. Yeah, there's so many names. The light of the world. The bread. He is the bread. The bread of heaven. Jesus. This name holds so much in it. But what is just as important, Jesus, by his death, won the victory for us. And by doing that, he gave us the power of attorney. Now, I'm sure most of you know what the power of attorney is, but it's like, let's just say I'm getting older and I might feel like I can't work my finances out properly like I might like to or something. So I say to my children, well, look, I'll sign this paper giving you the right to administer my finances. 
or I might get sick and I'd sign the paper and say, this gives you the right to do what is right for me in my health. So I am saying to my children, you may act in place of me. I have given you that right to act in my authority. That's what Jesus has done for us. He has given us the right, the authority to do what he asks us to do in his name. He has given us that authority. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 19 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying there, I've been given the right, now you go and act on it. So therefore, he's given us the right. And he didn't just say that. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do all things in my name. And somewhere else in the word he says, whatever I'm doing, you will do greater than me. And this is all through that name of Jesus. And that's where I got so excited when I was looking at this, thinking this is a new year. In the name of Jesus, what are we going to do this year? Let's not just sit here. Let's exercise that horrible word, but let's exercise our spiritual beings. Let's exercise what the name of Jesus actually means to us. John 14, 12 says, and this, I've got this, I don't know if this is in the new, new, in the new or not, but anyway, I tell you the truth. Anyone in, who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Now, that's a point blank statement. And if it's not the truth, then Jesus is not God and why are we here? That's tutting it down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> because then he says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, I'm sure he is not saying, ask me for a helicopter. Ask me for a yacht. Not unless you know someone needs it for their ministry. But we know to ask in his will and we know it's not that hard to find out what his will is because is it led what you want to do or what you need by love? If you are praying for someone and you want something for them, well then that's love. You know that you're praying in his will. And so when we ask in Jesus' name, 
praying in his will, believing in him, who he is, not just saying in the name of Jesus, but recognising who he is. Then he says, you ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, he says this to the disciples in John 14. When we get to John 16, it's just before the crucifixion. So this is now going further. And he's talking to the disciples and telling them what's going to happen. And in John 16, 22 to 25, it says... So you have sorrow now that because they were sorrowful, he was telling them he was going. But I will see you again and then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive. We'll have abundant joy. That is twice in the New Testament where Jesus has said, ask, ask in my name. Believe. And if you can't ask with belief in your heart, I don't know if it's natural for you in your prayer time to be saying, Jesus, Jesus. I know in worship, always at church, I find myself doing that just as a natural thing. We need to really get who Jesus is from head to heart, to spirit. That's where I want it. And I know it's not there yet in me, but it will be. It will be. And there's many things we have to ask for that problems in life. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think perhaps I should. I have two autistic grandchildren. One is a very violent boy, and they've had to send him away from home to live with others because parents are about to break down. But I believe with my whole heart this boy is going to become the most godly man. I don't know how Jesus will heal him. He might never be the same as everybody else, but who wants to be the same as everybody else? But Jesus will do the work in him that will bring him into the kingdom of God and he will be a godly man. I'm praying that he will begin to learn to know what love is. He feels no emotion, no empathy. He has no understanding of loving or caring. But one day, one day that boy's going to run up to me and give me a big hug. God's will for him is to be well, to be healed to be a vessel for him. And my challenge to you to all today is use the name of Jesus, but make sure you know 
what is in that name, what it's all about. Let's go out in this time when it's so much harder to speak for Jesus. Let's trust him to use us to go out into the city, into wherever. People you meet in the street, ask God to give you a godly situation where you may speak into it. If you see someone limping, go and pray for them. They might say no, they don't want your prayer, but they just might say yes. So that's my challenge. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would allow for each one of us, that you would open the eyes of our heart, our understanding in our heart, in our spirit, to know who you are, to know you as the God of gods, King of kings, to know your authority and power, to know your love. I pray, Lord, that you would fill us deeply with all that you are and that you will send us forth in the right way for each one of us. And we do pray this, my God, in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Thank you. If anyone is wanting prayer at the end of the service, just come to the front um, in the song or talk to your neighbour and say, pray for me, please. Thank you.